It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks are having a good weekend so far. I know you queens out there are getting all ready for your Oscar parties this evening, getting all the hors d'oeuvres ready, getting the wine chilled, getting getting the house all spruced up for your guests to come over so you all can watch the Oscars, right? I know how you are. Oh, yes, I just love to watch all those famous celebrities and their fabulous dresses and those hunky boys in their tuxedos. <laughs> and I know you woke folk out there are as excited as well because, hey, the Oscars is the culmination of award season, and that is where all the good A-list celebrities get up on stage and trash other white folks, right? So that is fun for you to watch Whitey get beat up, although not as much fun as it used to be, I suspect, and we've talked about that a couple times on this podcast. I think the BIPOC folk out there are getting a little sick and tired of Whitey getting in on their action, right? Because what do the BIPOC folk like to do? They like to trash Whitey. And if Whitey is out there trashing himself or trashing other white folks, it's just not as much fun. <laughs> What's the point of making fun of them if they're just going to make fun of themselves and make fun of each other? <laughs> but it'll be okay, you BIPOC folk. It'll still be a little bit of fun to watch dopey white celebrities get up there and go, ah! White people suck. We're just horrible. We love the BIPOC folk, right? That's what you want. White people genuflecting towards the BIPOC folk. So you can enjoy the uh, Oscars as well. And I think White by Malcolm X, the last time I even bothered to watch an Oscar show had to have been Titanic. And that was probably the late 90s, probably 98, 99, something like that. I, that was probably the last time I bothered to even watch that stupid show. Was I a Titanic fanboy? <laughs> Screw you, white boy Malcolm X. Um, was I a Titanic fanboy? Well, let me think about that. Yeah, yes and no, I should say. I really did enjoy the movie. No, it had nothing to do with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I just liked the movie. I liked the fact that, uh, the, just the story. I just liked watching the ship sink, I guess. <laughs> it was kind of neat. That he, uh, that James Cameron, the director, writer, director of that film, I think he wrote it. I know he directed it, but yeah, I just like his films in general. I think that he does a really good job 
with his movie making, and they actually built a 90% replica of that ship and then sank it, or sank parts of it for the movie. That was what was fascinating to me, was the uh, the technology, the uh, special effects in that film, actually watching them flood massive sets underwater, and just, that was cool to me, and that's what I really enjoyed about the movie. Kind of weird reason to like a movie, I guess, but hey, it's as good a reason as any. I just like James Cameron films. I thought he did a really good job with Avatar was another one. I like the fact that he will sometimes delay a project because the technology to do it the way he wants to do it isn't available yet. And they actually, my understanding is like that underwater camera that they used to film through their, they built a partial replica of the sunken ship and they had that little device, the little camera thing that was kind of scooting around filming in that. They actually, my understanding is that they actually created that from scratch. They had to build that technology from scratch to actually have something that could do that, right? Because that wasn't available at the time. So that's why I like those kind of films. I'm glad it won a lot of Oscars and it was just an overall entertaining film. But yeah, that is the last time I bothered to watch an Oscar. So, you know, you folks out there, if that's your thing, more power to you. Enjoy the award show. Enjoy watching all those idiots up on stage (laughs) slap each other on the back and grandstand. Not for me these days, but hey, whatever floats your boat. On today's program, though, screw those folks over at the Oscars. Today's program, folks, we have an action-packed, star-filled show as well. If you think the Oscars is good, no, they are not as good as this podcast. I mean, we got Las Vegas strippers are here. We got COVID Karen. We got Ted Wheeler, that dopey, feckless mayor of Portland, Oregon. He is on the program Greta Thunberg, she is also here. Of course, we have woke folks. We have Teacher Bait. We have Harry Styles, an update to his Gay for Pay movie. We got AI sex dolls. So all you virgin pajama boys hanging out in your mother's basement, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner. Yeah, we got AI sex dolls coming to a corner near you. (laughs) And of course, folks, of course, we end the program with our smoking gun story. Although I have to say again, Not the best smoking gun story. And let me just say this first. I am not criticizing the folks over at the smoking gun, right? Because they can only do so much with what is going on out there. So I don't know. Speaking of which, I have absolutely no idea what is going on in the state of Florida because apparently nothing is going on in the state of Florida because smoking gun has had nothing to report on in the state of Florida. And we all know, folks, we all know from this podcast that there is always something going on in the state of Florida. So I don't know what's in the water down there right now, but they're all really weirdly behaving themselves. But we all know that they cannot control themselves. So at some point, those folks in Florida are just going to burst out and we are going to have to do like two or three podcasts that week just to report on all the crazy coming back out of Florida. I mean, let's face it, folks. We know from these podcasts that there is a merry band of roaming perverts all over the state of Florida. They are running around defiling themselves in their cars in the Walmart and Target parking lots. They are going into the Targets and raping stuffed animals, doing all sorts of weird crap to themselves and others. So, yeah, we know that the merry band of roaming perverts in the state of Florida cannot control themselves. And we are just waiting patiently until they burst back out onto the scene again. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits because I have just teased you all 
with a merry band. Speaking of a merry band of roaming perverts, <laughs> we have a merry band of freaks on this show again today. So let's go ahead and jump right in. This is from Town Hall. Racist professor demands a conviction of America after Chauvin verdict. And I would think, folks, that racist professor is a redundancy, right? Because even if you've got a white professor, chances are he is trashing Whitey himself. Or if you've got a BIPOC professor, they are going after Whitey. So racist professor, I would think, is redundant. But let's go ahead and find out more about that. Here are a couple of pull quotes. After a jury delivered three guilty verdicts for former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin for the second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter of George Floyd Tuesday afternoon, the race-obsessed left isn't satisfied. Leading anti-racist Boston University professor, and let's face it, folks, he is the Miller Frost Show's favorite woke folk, Ibram X. Kendi is calling for the conviction of the United States of America and is brushing aside the idea that individual officers are responsible for their actions rather than the entire justice system. Uh-oh, folks. Ibram is displeased. And when Ibram is displeased, I guess we're supposed to do something. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out what he wants. So now what? Chauvin is headed to jail, but is America headed to justice? Is justice convicting a police officer, or is justice convicting America? Kendi asks in a new video for CBS News, when tens of millions of Americans after Floyd's murder last year took to the streets of nearly every American town, we were convicting America. Ibram, Ibram, my friend, if you are listening to this podcast, dear, I have got a little piece of advice for you. You, sir are turning into a bit of a drama queen. <laughs> you are acting like a hysterical drama queen. We cannot convict all of America, Ibram. That is a really, 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 really long train to the re-education camps. And we already need a big train, right? Because we had that story last week, that douchebag on a Harvard campus, that Harvard professor was complaining about how he did not believe in herd immunity, but yet there was this, uh, this doctrine where I guess Twenty or 30,000 doctors or medical professionals had signed off on the exact opposite of that, right? And so this guy wanted there to be accountability because all these folks disagreed with him. That stupid douchebag on a Harvard campus with his Mao Zedong cap and his stupid yippy gay dog. <laughs> you are becoming, and folks, I think this is happening because he is making huge bank trashing Whitey, right? Complaining about racism, and he is selling woke, and he is making enormous amounts of money doing that. But Ibram, that is making you into a hysterical drama queen. So you need to settle down and stop running around saying, we got to convict America. Because <laughs> we all can't fit on the train, right, Ibram? And if we're all on the train, if we're all in the re-education camps, we're not buying your books. And I know you got mortgages to pay. <laughs> you got all these car payments. You are living a grand lifestyle, right? As Ibram X. Kendi, woke extraordinaire. So you need to just settle down a little bit. Relax. Take a deep breath. Chill out a little bit, Ibram. Maybe wherever you are, if you've got some legal marijuana there, maybe take a toke or two. <laughs> Calm down, Ibram. you got to slow your roll. Don't worry. You can still make money without being as hysterical as you are now. I tell you what, White Boy Malcolm X, I am starting to feel bad for Ibram X. Kennedy. I think a lot of this, all this money, all this woke money is uh, 
is getting to his head a little bit. I think he is uh, acting out a little bit now. I think he is truly turning into a bit of a drama queen. Ibram, one more thing. Please do not wind up acting like Joy Behar. (laughs) Because that's where you're headed, sir, if you don't stop this overly dramatic nonsense that is coming out of your mouth now. From the post-millennial, U.S. Postal Service running covert operations program to monitor American social media posts. Hmm. The U.S. Postal Service. (laughs) That Star Wars bar of losers is apparently running a covert operations program, folks. So let's go ahead and find out a little bit more about that. Here are a couple of pull quotes. The U.S. Postal Service's law enforcement arm. Did you know, White Boy Malcolm X, did you know that the U.S. Postal Service has their own popo? Neither did I, but apparently they do. Anyway, is monitoring the social media activity of Americans to share inflammatory content across government agencies, Yahoo News reports. Analysts with the United States Postal Inspection Service, or USPIS, Internet Covert Operations Program. So the United States Postal Service, again, that Star Wars bar of losers, they have their very own woke pajama boys (laughs) monitoring the interwebs for trouble or just looking at pornography. (laughs) One of the two, although I have to say, if it's the U.S. Postal Service, they're probably just watching a bunch of porn. Anyway, Monitored significant activity regarding planned protest occurring internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021, read a government bulletin. Locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms to include right-wing-leaning parlor, uh-oh, and Telegram accounts. So they are spying on parlor over at the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> Oh, you got us there, UPS. (laughs) These morons, folks, they can't even deliver the mail correctly, but they have their own popo, and they got their own woke pajama boys spying on social media. (laughs) Okay, like there aren't 50 other agencies doing the exact same thing, but okay, if you folks at the U.S. Postal Service want to have that as well as part of your responsibilities, (laughs) my mail would be nice, but eh, who cares, whatever. But I bet you, folks, (laughs) I bet you they're just mostly watching porn. From NASA, as Artemis moves forward, NASA picks SpaceX to land next Americans on moon. So apparently, folks, we are going back to the moon, and it looks like we are going back in a SpaceX vehicle, the Tesla of space. That is Elon Musk's space company. And here's a pull quote there. NASA is getting ready to send astronauts to explore more of the moon as part of the Artemis program, and the agency has selected SpaceX to continue development of the first commercial human lander that will safely carry the next two American astronauts to the lunar surface. At least one of those astronauts will make history as the first woman on the moon. Another goal of the Artemis program includes landing the first person of color on the lunar surface. So folks, we will have woke BIPOC folks on the moon as well. They will be interplanetary. And can you see White Boy Malcolm X? Can you see all those astronauts? They are up in the Tesla of space, that SpaceX rocket. They're going to the moon. They're all chit-chatting with one another. And one turns to the other and says, so why are you here? And she gets to say, because I have a vagina. (laughs) Right? That is the number one criteria as to why she is in the SpaceX rocket, right? She has a vajayjay. 
theoretically, right? Because it could be that there wasn't a hardware change and the person identifies as a woman, not actually with the hardware. So it could theoretically be a woman with a penis. And if that offends you, then you are just not woke enough, right? Because that is what the world has come to today, that women can have a penis, men can have a vagina. So yes, folks, apparently we can actually have the first woman to the moon and the first woman with a penis to the moon. That can totally happen. I would hate to be, white boy Malcolm X, I would hate to be the first woman going to the moon because you know everyone else on that rock is looking at her going, yeah, the only reason you're here is because you got a hoo-hoo, right? Not that you are the most qualified to be in the rocket, but that you have, possibly have a hoo-hoo. And of course, the BIPOC folk, next time they get to go up, I would say the same thing, but you know, you know, the first time some idiot looks over at the BIPOC folk and goes, why are you here? BIPOC folk's gonna be like, you racist pig, shut up or I'm going to throw you out the hatch. <laughs> They're sensitive about those sorts of things. So yeah, don't ask that. You can ask that of the woman, right? She might call you a misogynist or a sexist or what have you. But the BIPOC folk, they will definitely call you a racist <laughs> and probably throw your ass into space. It's like that United Airlines thing where they were talking about how they wanted women and BIPOC folks in their cockpits. And that was what was going to be a priority for them. Not the best qualified pilots but just that they had a lot of vaginas and darkened skin tones in the cockpit. People are like, uh, do I really, really, really want to get on that airplane? If they don't have the most qualified pilots, they just have the ones that make them feel good about themselves. So I guess if your plane is crashing and you've got an incompetent pilot at the helm, don't you dare complain or they are going to call you unwoke if you manage to survive the crash. From the Washington Post. With Britain opening up but many bathrooms still closed, outdoor excrement is an increasingly serious problem. So it looks like those folks over in Great Britain are just out and about pooping all over the place. But let's find out a little bit more there. Here's a pull quote. Across the country, police patrols have been stepped up in a bid to deter people from urinating in bushes, on beaches, and on private allotments. The problem isn't just in parks with towns and cities complaining that people spending time outdoors had no choice but to defecate in the street. And folks, if you have no choice but to pull your pants down and crap on the sidewalk, (laughs) you need to stay out of Taco Bell. Much to the horror of local residents who said the odor was so bad on certain streets, they were unable to open their windows and had to clean up after others with bleach and water. So these folks, White Boy Malcolm X, if I have this correct, they're just walking around and they're assuming Taco Bell or some other fast food joint. They're walking around going, oh, man, I got to take a dump, right? And they just drop their pants and squat and poop out a doozy on the sidewalk. No toilet paper, no doggy poop bags. And they just pull their drawers back up and walk on their merry way, leaving that steaming pile of crap for someone else to clean up. But yeah, you folks in Great Britain, if you're going to do that, At least carry around a doggy poop bag. You can scoop up your own poop (laughs) instead of leaving it for someone else. Man, that's just kind of crazy. People pooping on the street like that. (laughs) And White Boy Malcolm X, you know who I can think of that would put an end to this reign of terror of random Britons crapping on the street? And that, folks, that would be COVID Karen because no one else, folks, no one else can get them to stop that kind of behavior. 
not confronting them directly, right? COVID Karen is a kind of a passive-aggressive Karen, right? But she will certainly call the popo on those who are taking a crap in the street, just like she did that story we had where she called the popo on the hokey-cokey folks. She would definitely call the popo on those taking a crap on the street. Yes, I need to report a crime. There was someone on the street, and they got their drawers down, and they are squatting right there on the sidewalk, and they are taking a big old crap right there on the street, and they are going to get up, and they are going to leave it like everyone else does. And I don't know why people can't just pick up their own poop. Why are they not carrying doggy poopy bags? Why are they not even carrying toilet paper? They're taking a big old poop, and they're putting their drawers back on, and then they're walking around, and they're getting the poopy in the pants and smeared it all up in the butthole. You need to get down here right now. If they go in the park and do the hokey-cokey and then they take another poop, that is going to be really disgusting. And I don't even think they have any mask on. They should have their mask on in their face. They should have two masks on their face. And they should have a mask on their butt. This is absolutely disgusting. This needs to stop right now. You need to get down here. Send them my five. Send them my six. You need to send a lot of people down here to make them stop pooping on my sidewalk. It's disgusting. Ah! So yes, folks, we do not want COVID Karen upset and calling the popo. I feel bad for those... Popo over in England if they are going to get barraged with a slew of calls from various COVID carers over there. So you folks, if you've got the urge to poop, first do it at home. If you can't do it at home, hold it. Or at the very least, bring your own doggy poopy bag and pick up after yourself. Good God. Ugh, that is foul. For all you straight men out there or you lesbians out there who also like the strip clubs, how's this headline from Fox Business? Topless clubs among businesses that can reopen in Vegas. So the titty bars are back in Vegas. COVID has not gotten rid of them yet. Here are a couple pull quotes. Topless dancers can shed coronavirus restrictions next weekend in Las Vegas and get face-to-face with patrons again under rules accepted Thursday by a state COVID-19 task force. But masks, of course, will still be required for adult entertainment employees and recommended for customers. So, white boy Malcolm X, can you see that? You've got this woman there. she got her panties on. Her titties are out there just bouncing around for all the men and the lesbians in the audience. And she got her face all covered up. <laughs> so, you shrimpers out there, you too can have a potential career as a topless dancer at least until the masks come off. Yes, white boy Malcolm X, a shrimper. You know what that is. Oh, yeah, I probably should explain it to you folks out there. So a shrimper, how do I put this? It's basically just, you know, hey, toss the head, keep the body, right? That's what you do with a piece of shrimp, right? You don't eat the head, you just toss the head, keep the body. That is what a shrimper is. So if you see someone, and you folks know what I mean, right? You see someone who's got a really, really attractive body, but their face is like, ugh. Maybe not so much, right? You got to put a bag over it or keep all the lights down low so you don't have to look at their face too much, right? That is what a shrimper is. So that could be a great opportunity for shrimper strippers, right? Women who are very, very super attractive, but they're kind of butt ugly in the face. They can now take advantage of this, right? Because no one will know how butt ugly they are because they got the mask on covering up most of their face. (laughs) So they could be out there gyrating, flashing them titties everywhere, and nobody will know they are butt ugly under that mask. So that is an opportunity for them. That is what a shrimper is. The rules, because I know you folks out there, you straight men out there going, man, I can't wait to get into that titty bar and see those women gyrating. I don't care if they got a mask on. I just need that in my life again. Here's some of the rules for you. The rules will allow strip club entertainers to get closer than three feet to patrons 
if the entertainer received at least a first dose of a COVID-19 vaccine at least 14 days earlier, according to county rules, or if the dancer tests negative in a weekly COVID-19 test. We know there is a COVID fatigue in our community, Washoe County Commission Chairman Bob Lucy said in a statement before accepting an offer from Task Force Chief Caleb Cage to broaden support and submit a finalized plan in coming days. No firm time frame was set. People are going to return to life and the things they've missed in the last year, I guess including titty bars, whether we dictate mandates or not, he said. <laughs> so... There you go, folks. If you are into titty bars and you happen to be in the Las Vegas area, starting next weekend, you can get all the titties you want. <laughs> and you don't even have to worry about if they're ugly or not, right? Because you won't be able to see either way. And for our last news quick hit from the New York Post, Harry Styles to perform realistic gay sex scenes in new film. And this, folks, as I said earlier, is a follow-up to our story about Harry Styles, that uh, One Direction singer, or I don't even know if they're still together. Who cares? But he is doing gay for pay. <laughs> He's one of those kind of actors. So yes, he is doing that. And this is a follow-up to give you some details on his realistic gay sex scenes. Is it getting hot in here? If so, it may be thanks to Harry Styles and producers behind the upcoming Amazon Studios film, My Policeman, who are promising, count them, Two gay sex scenes from the crooner. So you queens out there are going, oh my goodness, I don't get to see Harry Styles doing one gay sex scene. I get to see him doing two. Oh, where are my smelling salts? You queens out there, settle down. But yeah, that is coming to a TV near you soon. Based on the 2012 novel of the same name by British author Beethan Roberts, the story sees Styles as Officer Tom Burgess, a man caught in a sordid love triangle between his wife, Marion, played by Emma Corrin, and lover Patrick, portrayed by David Dawson. Precious few details about the film have been revealed thus far, save for one extremely juicy tidbit from one insider, who told The Sun this week that scenes shared between Styles 27 and Dawson 38 are sure to be steamy. Harry will be having sex on screen, and they want it to look as real as possible, they alleged. The plan is to shoot two romps between Harry and David, then another scene where Harry is naked on his own, the source continues. So Great Caesars goes to Queens out there, not only get to see him bebopping this guy, <laughs> not once but twice, but then you get to see his junk and his behind in all his glory in a completely separate scene. Not much is going to be left to the imagination, the source continued. So white boy Malcolm X... <laughs> Oh, God, where do I start with this dumpster fire? Who, White Boy Malcolm X, who do you think is the source of this juicy gossip tidbit that has got the queens all aflutter or the Harry Styles groupies all aflutter, right? Who do you think that is? It could be like a, a PA. And for you folks not in the entertainment industry, that is a production assistant. You could have like the hairstylist. You could have, I don't know, any number of people out on the crew or the cast gossiping. Who, sir, do you think is spreading around that Harry Styles and this other guy, what's his name, David Dawson, are going to be bumping nasties, doing a lot of stuff that looks really, really realistic, right? Who do you think that is, sir? <laughs> oh, Harry Styles. White Boy Malcolm X, do you think that Harry Styles himself is the source of the salacious rumors that he is going to have not one but two 
gay sex scenes that are going to be like super ultra realistic. Man, that is a that is an interesting theory. Although now that I think about it, this does kind of remind me, folks, we did have a story, I think about a week ago, where Kate Winslet, the actress, speaking of Titanic, she uh, she had a story in, I think it was Pink News, where she claimed to know at least four closet cases that were not coming out just yet, right? Because they wanted their careers, their Hollywood careers and their fame more than they wanted to be known as out and proud, right? So now that I am thinking back on that article and now that I am looking over at Harry Styles, right? He does like to, folks, he does like to get dressed up in women's clothes whenever he can. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many photo shoots he's done and everyone's like drooling over, oh, that Harry Styles, look at him. He's like, gets up in women's clothing. He is so, wow, gender fluid there. It's just so wonderful to see a man comfortable with his sexuality. He's perfectly fine wearing women's clothes, right? He is also, folks, he is also doing gay for pay with this film. <laughs> So I guess the question I would have now that I'm thinking of all this, right, you've got him doing all these photo shoots in, I wouldn't say drag, but he's just there with his women's clothes on and he's doing gay for pay. There's all these little signs going on, right, that I'm like, hmm, is Harry Styles maybe a member of the tribe? Is he just like kind of inching out and this is his way of kind of creeping out of the closet, right? He's like, well, you should have known it, right? I mean, I was doing all these photo shoots in, uh, in drag and I've been doing gay for pay, right? Like he is like easing us all into this, right? His fans, he's easing them so they're not totally heartbroken when this happens, right? He's just teasing the queens, right? He lets them watch him have sex with another man, even though it is just a realistic gay sex scene, right? Not the real thing. But the question I would have, White Boy Malcolm X, is this. How do you think Harry Styles knows what a realistic gay sex scene looks like? I, well, I don't know if porn would be, (laughs) I don't know if watching gay porn, sir, would be like watching realistic gay sex. I don't think that pornography would truly reflect what most people do in the bedroom, right? That's why people like to watch porn, right? Because it's the fantasy factor of that. So I can't say that Harry Styles is watching gay porn to understand what it's like to have gay sex, right? I am assuming, or something tells me that maybe he knows more than he's uh, letting on (laughs) to the folks out there. I don't know, folks. I'm just saying it looks kind of weird. There's something here that just doesn't, to me anyway, something doesn't pass the smell test here. This guy is all about whatever with his dresses and his gay for pay. And it would not surprise me if one of these days he's like, Shazam, here I am out and proud. Although, White Boy Malcolm X, I do not think that Harry Styles would be a bad addition to the tribe. What do you think about him, sir? Well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, no, he's a good looking kid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's not my type, but he is a very good looking kid. But to your point, too many tattoos, right? He, guy is covered in tattoos, which is just not a very attractive thing to me. Hey, if you like tattoos, float your boat. More power to you. I don't really give a crap. I just think I look at him and I'm like, yeah, just too many. Like, uh, what's his name? Bieber, Justin Bieber, right? Justin Bieber. Now he is kind of a little douchebag. That's what he looks like to me. I don't know any of his songs. I literally could not name one of his songs if my life depended on it. But if you just look at him, right, he's a cute kid, right? He opens his mouth and that fantasy is completely destroyed. But he's not a bad looking kid, but he is covered in tattoos from head to toe. And it's like, that just kind of ruins it for me, right? Just sit there and look pretty. But he can't even do that because he's just 
covered in tattoos, and I think Harry Styles is the same way. And I don't know what drives that behavior, but in any case, I don't think, and would you disagree with me, sir? I don't think that he would make a bad addition to the tribe. No, you don't. Okay. See, that's what I thought. I mean, a hell of a lot better than like Colton Underwood. (laughs) That stupid queen we reported on last week with his stupid sidekick, Gus Kentworthy. (laughs) So, Harry, look, dear. For Christmas sake, just come out already. (laughs) You ain't going to shock any of us at this point. And uh, it'll be okay for your career, trust me. I don't know what it is these days, White Boy Malcolm X, that these kids just do not want to come out of the closet. They want to play all these little linguistic games. Like, that's what a bisexual is, right? (laughs) Of course, it is the laziest of the members of the tribe, right? Because they will do anyone, right? But you don't have these guys coming, well, I'm bisexual. No, you're gay. You just don't want to admit it. (laughs) Every so often you'll you'll sleep with a woman, but yeah, if you're a bisexual man out there, you just like to sleep with men and you're just afraid of telling people that you're a homosexual. <laughs> I don't know why. It's the 21st century. Hell, I came out in 1993. I came out 27, 28 years ago in South Carolina, right? And I am still here. Nobody lynched me for being a big old queen in South Carolina in the early mid-90s. So you can come out in Hollywood in 2021 and it'll be just fine, Harry. You may not make as much money, right? But uh, yeah, it'll be okay regardless. It's not all about that at the end of the day. Okay, folks, now we are done with our news quick hit. So let's go ahead and jump into our news pile. And I think, folks, I think I only have about six or seven stories. I mean, it'll still be an hour, but... Let's go ahead and get started on this. And this one, folks, this is also from Pink News. Christian woman told to repent her homosexual lifestyle or be banned from church. (gasps) Heavens no. Let's find out more about this. A Georgia hairdresser has been told that she must repent her homosexual lifestyle or face being banned and excommunicated from her local church. Crystal Cox, owner of the Hair Bar Salon in Woodstock, Georgia. White boy Malcolm X, there are lesbian hairdressers? Well, I don't know. What do they give? Like, they only cut other women's hair and they only give them the lesbian seven? (laughs) Business up top and party in the back. (laughs) Who knew that they were lesbian hairdressers? But anyway, she said she was sent a letter by elders of the Woodstock Church of Christ that they were concerned with the condition of her soul after she started dating a woman. And folks, I can think of many things that would affect the condition of your soul other than being a lesbian that these folks should worry about, but I guess that is the hill they want to die on. Cox told local news station CBS 46 that she had been attending the church in Woodstock, which is about 30 miles north of Atlanta, for about five years. The letter, which Cox posted on Instagram, gave her a deadline of 30 April to repent her sinful behavior. And that, folks, today is April 25th, so she has five more days to repent. Miss it, and the church would have no alternative but to withdraw our fellowship with Cox and no longer treat you as a sister in Christ. According to the letter, four church elders previously wrote her in December 2020, requesting that she come speak to elders about her situation. The elders received no response to the original correspondence. The second letter stated, prompting the church to send her this latest ultimatum. So can you see this, white boy Malcolm X? These four church elders going, man, there's a lesbian in our congregation. We better write her a letter and tell her to get her lesbian butt in this church. We got to have a talk to her about her situation. So they write her that letter like, man, 
She didn't respond to our letter. We should write her another letter, and I will give her a deadline of April 30th that she gets in here to talk about her situation, or we're going to throw her out of this church. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's write her a letter. Let's write her another ultimatum. It said, please understand this is an effort to encourage you in a godly sorrow leading to repentance. Cox told CBS 46 that she was enraged when she opened the letter asking her to repent for her homosexual relationship and question why she was getting picked on. Crystal, I would have laughed my ass off. My local church had sent me that letter, so honey, pick your own battles. Don't worry about what these idiots have to say. Why am I getting called out when everyone has sins, Cox said. The fact that they're going to point it out and release my personal business to the entire congregation of the church as if your lesbian haircut and your plaid shirts didn't do that, and tell them, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just playing around, Crystal, and tell them that I can no longer come there. I just don't feel like that's right. Cox said that she decided not to return to the church after receiving the letter. So I can see, folks, those elders over at the church. Man, she ignored two of our letters. I'm going to excommunicate her from the church. I'm going to write her another letter. I'm just going to write her a mean letter and say, You ain't welcome here, dear. You lesbian, you. (laughs) She told CBS 46 that she had decided to start dating another woman after divorcing her ex-husband, and she had a loving relationship with her new partner. So after her ex-husband, she was like, Yeah, I am done with men. And Crystal, (laughs) trust me, I hear you there, but I can't give him up. And can you see White Boy Malcolm X? Can you see her ex-husband? He's like, yeah, you know, I did that crystal so good. She couldn't get herself another man that could please her like I could. That's why she turned into a lesbian. (laughs) What a hot mess up there in Woodstock, Georgia. Crystal, just tell them all to kiss your ass. (laughs) I would not be having any of that. That's why I always tell people, you can kiss my gay middle-aged ass. I don't care. A lesbian hairdresser, though, white boy Malcolm X. I am almost afraid to see what kind of haircut she gives. But hey, hang in there, Crystal. Seriously, hang in there. From the post-millennial, Washington public school staff taught that they are implicitly and explicitly upholding racism and (gasps) white supremacy. So yes, folks, those white supremacists hiding around, lurking in the shadows. We can't find them, but we know they're out there. Apparently, folks, apparently they are lurking about in the Washington public school staff. So let's find out a little bit more there. Employees of the Lake Washington School District in Washington State were subjected to equity classes. And what do we say about equity, folks? Someone's about to get screwed, where white staff members were told that because of the color of their skin— they were implicitly and explicitly upholding racism and white supremacy. The curriculum for the training came from Robin D'Angelo's book. (laughs) Speaking of white people trashing other white people, what does it mean to be white? D'Angelo wrote in the book that whiteness or white identity identity means to be socialized as a white person, enact whiteness by implicitly or explicitly upholding racism and white supremacy, and participate in the rewards of being perceived white. The staff were allegedly each given a copy of the book to read. So folks, Robin D'Angelo is making some more bank off of her book, Trash and Whitey. D'Angelo's website describes white fragility as a state in which even a minimal challenge to the white position becomes intolerable, triggering a range of defense responses. 
These responses function to reinstate white racial equilibrium and maintain white control. Teachers were also expected to stay engaged, experience discomfort, speak your truth. As long as it is the truth, folks, that keeps Robin D'Angelo happy, expect, accept, non-closure. Essentially, teachers are being told to tell their students their opinions rather than facts, and they are being told what opinions to have as well. According to one staff member, I have to admit, most of the time I had no idea in hell what they were even talking about, (laughs) and at one point fell asleep. Good thing it was online. So, White Boy Malcolm X, we have a new member joining us on the train to the re-education camp. The staff member added, I have never been a racist. Yeah, (laughs) that's what you think, buddy. But now I feel as though I am as these ideas are shoved down our throats and our kids' throats every single day. And folks, like I've been saying, you better get used to it. If you are not accepting the fact that you are a racist pig, you will soon enough. Can you imagine White Boy Malcolm X reading this news story as Ibram X. Kendi? And folks, Ibram X. Kendi, I give him a lot of grief, but he is our favorite social justice warrior here on the Miller Frost Show. Just like Colin Kaepernick, he is our favorite fake social justice warrior, right? Ibram X. Kendi is our favorite social justice warrior. Can you imagine being Ibram X. Kendi or even say Taneshi Coates, right? Those two, they're out there. They are woke as can be, and they are BIPOC folks, right? So they are BIPOC out there trying to make huge bank selling all this whitey suck stuff and they read this story and it's like damn that white chick robin d'angelo that race hustler robin d'angelo she's out there (laughs) she's making money off this crap and that is our shtick this stupid white woman is stealing our woke money (laughs) they are buying her books they are not buying our books they are having a white woman lecture other white people about how dumb and racist they are that's our job (laughs) Why is this stupid white woman making more money than us? And folks, we actually had a story, I think it was last year, where Robin D'Angelo and a BIPOC woman were both invited to speak at an event. And guess who made more money on the speech? The white woman. (laughs) Robin D'Angelo made huge bank on that speech. And the BIPOC woman, yeah, not so much. (laughs) So Robin D'Angelo, a white woman in there making money where the BIPOC folks... (laughs) Should have been making that kind of money. And this is what I talk about, folks, about BIPOC folk are getting a little sick and tired of Whitey being all up in their actions. Robin D'Angelo, she's out there, a race hustler, (laughs) trashing Whitey, but she is a white chick. And these two, Ibram X. Kendi, Taneshi Coates, and all these other BIPOC folk out there doing the exact same thing. Guess who's making more money? She is. So white supremacy, even among the woke folk there, (laughs) the white authors are making more bank than the BIPOC folk. I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, I wonder when they're going to throw her ass under the bus (laughs) so they can make more bank. From the Fresno Bee, here is our teacher bait story. Man sues former teacher Clovis United over alleged sex abuse nearly 30 years ago. Uh Uh-oh, that was a couple decades ago. Let's find out what's going on there. A Fresno man is suing a former student teacher at a Clovis Elementary School for allegedly sexually abusing him nearly 30 years ago. The alleged victim, identified in the civil lawsuit as John Doe, is seeking damages for the emotional and physical abuse he suffered from his former Red Bank Elementary School 6th grade teacher, Stacy April. Also named as a defendant is Clovis United School District for not taking action against her, Despite complaints from parents, the lawsuit states, 
it's a classic case of grooming, said John Doe's lawyer, James Lewis of Slater Slater Shulman LLP in Los Angeles. She took on the role of trying to be his friend and teach him things that were inappropriate. Well, I guess I really can't disagree with that, but nothing, sir, nothing he wouldn't have learned in high school from one of those high school teachers going, nom, 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 nom. I got to get me some of that fresh teacher break. Nom, nom, nom. So he was going to learn it one way or the other. April, who is currently a part-time faculty member in the Liberal Studies Department at Stanislaus State in Turlock, could not be reached for comment Wednesday or Thursday. And if you folks are out there going, man, Miller, that's just kind of odd. 30 years? It took him 30 years for this lawsuit? That's kind of crazy. Well, folks, yeah, kind of, but here's some details on why this is being triggered now. Although the alleged crime took place in the 1993 to 1994 school year, Changes in California law allow someone who is the alleged victim of childhood sexual abuse to sue their alleged abuser, but they must do it before the victim turns 40 or within five years of discovering the abuse as an adult. John Doe is 39. Lewis said his client realized years later that what happened to him was sexual abuse. At the time, he believed April was being his friend and trying to teach him about sex. <laughs> Man, of all the lessons to learn from your sixth grade teacher, that was not what I was getting in school. <laughs> so White Boy Malcolm X, if I understand this correctly, this guy, this kid at the time, right? He's in sixth grade and the teacher's like, hi, Timmy, I want to be your friend and I need to teach you about sex. And, and so he thought that was kosher and he's just going through life. And he was, I don't know, what are they in uh, sixth grade, 12, 13 years old. So he was banging her for a little bit and he thought that was perfectly normal and life goes on, and then suddenly, 26, 27 years later, he's like, oh my God, Shazam, Shazam, I was actually sexually abused. She wasn't trying to be my friend. She wasn't just trying to make me a good stud in the bed early. She was actually taking advantage of me. Man, how dare she do that, right? That is theory number one, right? That he went 26, 27 years thinking that his teacher was just trying to help him out, trying to give him a leg up in life, right? Show him the birds and the bees early. Suddenly, all of a sudden, no, that was actually sexual abuse, right? And I finally figured that out. It took me a while. That was a long learning curve, but man, I finally figured it out. Or, or folks, here's a second hypothesis. The law changed. The clock is sure as hell ticking here, right? They got about a year to get this case in. And he wants to get paid. And who has a lot of money? The government, right? <laughs> because I guarantee to you, folks, the uh, Clovis United School District, they probably got a lot of money sitting around that they can pay out a massive settlement to this kid 30 years later. <laughs> I'm going to vote. I don't know. Call me a complete cynic. But I am going to just, I am going to vote for option two, right? It's not that he figured out 26, 27 years later, Man, she took advantage of me. She raped me as a child. How dare she? I thought she was trying to help. How dare she do something like that? I am so angry that I was violated. I am, I am going to seek justice for myself and seek justice for all the other children out there. Right? That sort of mantle. No, I think personally, this is my opinion. I think he just wants to get paid and the clock is running out. So he's going to sue the hell out of that school district. And they're going to be like, crap, how are we going to prove? No, right? It's he said, she said, right? So they're just going to write him a nuisance check to just be done with it, right? This kid gets a little something and call it a day. The lawyer gets paid. The kid gets paid. They get it out of their system. 
done and over with. So that is my thought about that. <laughs> Good God. It's like that other kid, white boy Malcolm X, the one that six years later, after he screwed his high school teacher over a hundred times, that kid banged that woman over a hundred times. Six years later, he comes out and goes, you know what? She raped me. How dare she rape me? And that woman is going to go to jail now because that kid, after over a hundred orgasms from this woman, <laughs> that's how he repays her six years later, has her ass thrown in jail for rape. And this guy, 30 years later, Shazam! I could get a payday out of this. Oh, by the way, she raped me. Okay, buddy, if that makes you happy, <laughs> go for it. Unbelievable, white boy Malcolm X. Well, not really, but <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. What a mess. Speaking of which, how's this headline? Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler declares war on Antifa, tells public to identify militants. Uh-oh. Looks like there is a battle raging in the city of Portland and that pansy feckless mayor Ted Wheeler has finally grown a pair. So let's find out more about that. Antifa made the Portland mayor flee his home and they sucker punched him in the face. But in response, he did nothing. Even in the final days of the Trump administration, Ted Wheeler was an indirect Antifa advocate. He was publicly offended at comparisons being drawn between the far-left group and the January 6th Capitol riots. Last year, after the death of George Floyd, Antifa spent the summer sieging the Portland courthouse. Pushover Wheeler has let Antifa riot in the city regularly, but now he's taking it no more. The punished Portland mayor Ted Wheeler put out a video announcement that's essentially a call to action for the general public. Let's make them hurt a little bit, Wheeler says. Mayor Wheeler has extended the state of emergency in Portland through noon Monday. He asked members of the public to get license plates of people dressed in all black and report them to the police. Our job is to unmask them, arrest them, and prosecute them. Well, good luck getting those clowns over at the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office to give anyone anything more than a very small misdemeanor that, uh, light slap on the wrist, and send them on their merry way. I've extended the state of emergency through the weekend. Uh Uh-oh, white boy Malcolm X, that is right now, right? There is a state of emergency right now, this very moment in Portland. Our job is to unmask them, arrest them, and prosecute them. I want to personally thank neighbors, friends, family, and others who have come forward with vital evidence. People know who these criminals are. They know what they're up to. If you have any information, please contact the police. Acting Chief Davis will provide specifics shortly. Man, White Boy Malcolm X, I'll tell you what, that Ted Wheeler, he is a he is a macho tough guy <laughs> right about now. Ted Macho Wheeler, right? He is out there. I've had it with those, uh, those crafty Antifa out there. I am putting my foot down, right? He's no longer, uh, hey guys, guys, come on, stop. Please stop riding in my city, pity, please. Please don't punch me. Please don't chase me out of my home, please. Right now, he's like, hey, I'm going to get you. I am Ted Macho Wheeler, and I have had it with you Antifa folks, and we are going to crack down on you, and we're going to get you and root you out of the city. (laughs) Yeah, not so much. I thought, folks, I just, I thought that Antifa was really an idea, and I can see a lot of people in the media getting a little bit butthurt. (laughs) about referring to Antifa as people and not an idea, right? That is the media narrative that those evil right-wingers, those white supremacists, looking about, hiding in the shadows, right? Those are people, but Antifa is merely an idea, right? So 
I think they're probably going to get a little butthurt at Ted Macho Wheeler proclaiming war against Antifa. Who I suspect, folks, I mean, let's face it, they're probably just looking at their watches, riding out the clock. They're like, okay, well, you know, he says this is over at noon on Monday. Let's just go ahead and just kind of, let's take the weekend off, folks. I mean, let's face it, we have rooted and rioted and burned and had a grand gay old time for month after month after month, right? And we need to let them repair a little bit. Let's have them put some more windows back in that we can smash out next weekend after this state of emergency is over. So they will give it, uh, I say, till about 12.01 tomorrow. And they will start rioting and looting and burning and having a grand gale time once more. And Ted Macho Wheeler can go back to being the pansy-ass boy he usually is. Come on, guys, please. (laughs) I'm going to get tough on you again. Bless your heart, Ted. Uh Uh-oh. Man, this is horrible, White Boy Malcolm X. I am going from Ted Wheeler to Greta Thunberg. God. Ugh, I need a drink. Greta Thunberg says leaders' legacy is at stake if they keep ignoring the climate crisis. So yes, folks, the world's most famous hysterical teenager is at it again. So let's find out a little bit more. Swedish teen climate activist Greta Thunberg addressed the U.S. House of Representatives on Thursday, telling legislators that if they don't work to reduce emissions and lower the global temperature, they will not be remembered well by their children. And folks, I do not think this time, like she did last time, right? She came to the U.N. to lecture them like a hysterical teenager would. That time she took a yacht over, but I believe this time she did not get on her yacht to come over to uh, D.C. to lecture them in person. I think she just did that via, I don't know, Zoom or Skype or Teams or what have you. So they only had to look at her ugly face up on the television screen. They didn't have to see her in person. Do this, she said, or you're going to start having to explain to your children and the most effective people why you're surrendering on the 1.5 degree target, giving up without even trying. So white boy Malcolm X, she is getting hysterical over 1.5 degrees. Oh, okay. I figured she'd be getting like pissed off about 20 degrees or something. 1.5 degrees. Greta, you idiot. I can't even keep my house at a certain temperature. It fluctuates about a degree here and there. And you want to keep the whole planet down by a degree and a half like anyone is going to notice? Man, this is what they get hysterical over? Okay then, dear. You don't want to say anything, I should get even more hysterical. Well, what I'm here to say is, unlike you, my generation will not give up without a fight. (laughs) Greta, your generation is a pack of losers. I mean, the guys, I wouldn't call them men. That's a total stretch, right? They're still in mommy and daddy's basement playing video games, eyeing up a sex doll in the corner, masturbating to pornography. That's what the guys in your generation are doing. The women, they're slightly more masculine, right? They're out there rioting, looting, burning, having a grand gale time with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. But yeah, you'll give up. You'll give up pretty damn easy, dear. Trust me. You folks are idiots. And your cause du jour won't last another year. And to be honest, I don't believe for a second that you will actually do this. Yeah, you're talking to the U.S. House of Representatives. (laughs) No, of course they won't do that. How dumb do you have to be to realize that? The climate crisis doesn't exist in the public debate today. And since it doesn't exist and the general level of awareness is so absurdly low, you will still get away with continuing to contribute to the destruction of the present and future living conditions. 
And I know I'm not the one who is supposed to ask questions here, but there is something I really do wonder. How long do you honestly believe that people in power like you will get away with it? Well, this is what you get, folks. <laughs> Sorry, Greta, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is what you get, folks, with naive 18-year-olds. Greta, when you are my age, I am 51 years old, you get the advantage of being able to look back a couple decades and understand, yeah, they're pretty feckless in the U.S. House of Representatives. <laughs> they are about as feckless as Ted Wheeler is as the mayor of Portland, Oregon, <laughs> right? But they are going to get away with it because they can get away with it and they will not do anything about it because they don't have to do anything about it. Why? Because hysterical teenagers like you with your shrill screeching, <laughs> they're like, ah, screw her. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about, right? They're going to ignore you. Sorry, honey. You're just one in a long line of hysterical brats screaming about the environment and nobody's going to do a damn thing about it. So let it go. How long do you think you can continue to ignore the climate crisis? Again, Greta, they're going to ignore it ad infinitum. The global aspect of equity and historic emissions without being held accountable, she asked. We, the young people, are the ones who are going to write about you in the history books. Assuming, folks, that they don't burn all the history books in this woke crusade that we're in, we are the ones who get to decide how you will be remembered. So my advice to you is to choose wisely, she concluded. Man, white boy Malcolm X, she, what is Greta Thunberg? Is she like a mafia don? <laughs> you better do what we tell you to do or we are going to trash you when we write the history books. <laughs> wow, Greta. Now that is a threat, dear man. You are, she's starting to get tough, white boy Malcolm X. She's starting to scare me a little. <laughs> Not really. Bless your heart, dear. Bless your heart if you think they are going to listen to you for more than two seconds after your speech ends. I tell you what, though, folks, this green activism, these folks like Greta Thunberg, <laughs> green activism, let's face it, has been and always will be about controlling you and me and white boy Malcolm X and everyone else out there, right? You have to use certain light bulbs. You have to use certain toilets. You have to do this. You have to do that. You're not allowed to drive here. If you do, you're going to pay a fortune for gas or we're going to charge you by the mile or what have you. You can't fly on planes or have to take trains or what have you. All these things are about controlling you, right? But it's not about making their behavior any different, right? They get to exempt themselves from these sorts of rules, right? You got the, of course, you got the Learjet liberals, right? The uh, good green activists like Leonardo DiCaprio. He is a famous one for being a big woke green activist, but yet he flies around on private jets. Al Gore, folks, Al Gore is the grandfather of the modern green activist movement, <laughs> But folks, how many mansions does Al Gore have, right? I mean, he has made tens of millions of dollars scaring children, <laughs> terrifying children about the climate, which has kind of brainwashed these loser dopes like Greta Thunberg, right? But he has made an enormous amount of money and he has huge houses which have enormous carbon footprints. But that's okay because that's Al Gore, right? He is woke and green and uh, that's perfectly fine for him to do those sorts of things. You know, Greta out there, you're not supposed to fly on airplanes, right? Because she can take a yacht, right? But how many of you who want to go to Europe have the luxury of having access to a yacht to take over to Europe, right? Probably very few of us, right? So you have to take an airplane because that's the best way for you to get there. But to Greta, that should be illegal, right? You should not be allowed to fly on airplanes because that is going to raise the temperature of the earth, maybe a degree. Can she tell the difference in a degree? No, <laughs> But she's going to be out there with a thermostat making sure that uh, we save that one degree. 
Bless your heart, Greta. Bless your heart indeed. Bunch of frauds. <laughs> They're just like the race hustlers, folks. They are in this, for the most part, they are in this to make huge amounts of money. <laughs> just like Al Gore, everyone wants to be the green Al Gore, the next Al Gore, making tens of millions of dollars on green this and green that. And you, that's why you have things like Solyndra and the, all these other kind of sham green projects out there. They take massive amounts of taxpayer dollars and flush them down the toilet. But in the meantime, people are getting really, really rich off of this stuff. And Greta Thunberg, she is a useful idiot for those folks <laughs> because she can go out and lecture everyone. And if they think she can get the uh, the laws changed to to tamp down on all of us and get more green funding, then so much the better they can make even more money. <laughs> so yes, Green activists are just like the race hustlers today. They are in it to win it, to make huge amounts of money and use these sorts of useful morons like Greta Thunberg to further their cause. And like I said in a prior podcast, folks, man, I cannot wait, wait for the day when Greta wakes up and realizes nobody gives a crap what she has to say about anything, much less what she has to say about the environment, because there will be a new, younger, dopier Greta Thunberg out there going, yep, 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 yep. And Greta's going to be like, what about me? And people are going to be like, Greta, who? Who is that dumb chick over there? <laughs> Yapping her mouth about the green stuff. Uh-oh, for you virgin pajama boys in your mother's basement, eyeing up your sex doll right now, you're going, hmm, do I want to tap that sex doll or do I want to play more video games? Sex doll video games, sex doll video games, sex doll video games. I can't decide, I can't decide, I can't decide. Well, how's this for you? And this is from The Bite. MIT researcher, sex robots may sell in-app purchases during intercourse. (laughs) Oh, gross. So you virgin pajama boys raping your uh, sex doll there, humping it. (laughs) You might get an in-app purchase option with your new AI sex doll. So let's find out more about that. As new robots are built to be increasingly social and designed to appeal to our need for emotional connections, a prominent AI ethicist warns that humanity may end up being exploited. MIT Media Lab researcher Kate Darling, an expert on tech ethics and the relationships and interactions between humans and robots, $10 wipe Malcolm X, she has a brother, still in his mother's basement, eyeing up a sex doll as we speak. <laughs> for like, I need to figure out what's going on here. Warn the Guardian that the way we talk and think about robots today, as attempts to recreate humanity, opens us fleshy humans up to being manipulated or taken advantage of. I worry that companies may try to take advantage of people. <laughs> no, no kidding, who are using this very emotionally persuasive technology, Darling told the Guardian. For example, a sex robot exploiting you in the heat of the moment with a compelling in app purchase. Similar to how we've banned subliminal advertising in some places, we may want to consider the emotional manipulation that will be possible with social robots. Well, you know what they could do? What they could do, folks, they could sue the sex doll manufacturers just like John Doe, right? They could come back 30 years later and go, I think that sex doll was manipulating me into in-app purchases. How dare that sex doll do that to me? She tricked me. I thought she was just being my friend, but she was selling me, selling me in-store apps to make that company more money. So that lawyer out there repping John Doe in about 20, 30 years is about to make even more bank suing these companies for their sex doll apps. 
Instead, she suggests, we should treat robots and AI similarly to how we do animals. And let's face it, folks, some of you out there, and I know this from these podcast news stories, are actually doing animals, so I guess that won't be a stretch for you to do your sex doll. That metaphor might break down a bit considering her sex robot example, but the idea is to understand that whatever purpose these machines serve, folks, they only serve one purpose, to give virgin, woke pajama boys living in their parents' basements a good time, it will always be different from what actual humans can offer, and approaching the relationships with robots and AI that exist in any aspect of our lives with that in mind will make for a more beneficial and less manipulative experience. Animals and robots aren't the same, but the analogy moves us away from the persistent robot-human one Darling told The Guardian. It opens our mind to other possibilities, that robots can be our partners, and let us see some of the choices we have in shaping how we use the technology. This is a sex doll we're talking about, right, Wipo Macamax? <laughs> I mean, she keeps talking about this thing like it's going to be your best friend. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it's gonna, else is going to do for you, but yeah. It's just a sex doll. You're just going to take it out of the corner of your parents' basement, put it on the sofa down there, and hump it, and then put it back in the corner. I think that's basically what the purpose of these... Uh, I don't have any sex dolls, folks, and I will never, ever, ever get a sex doll. So I don't know, but I just assume that's the purpose of the sex doll, right? It's just, just hump the damn thing and call it a day. <laughs> Maybe hump it again later that day and uh, call it a day then. But uh, yeah, she keeps talking about this thing like there's going to be some sort of relationship aspect to this. No, it's just a damn sex doll. <laughs> Can you see, though, White Boy Malcolm X? Can you see one of these virgin pajama boys living in their mother's basement with an AI sex doll in the corner? <laughs> and they're having their sex doll fun. And they're like, eh, 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 right? Because these guys have never been with a real woman, right? So they only know what it's like to make love to a, uh, not even that, just a hump of sex doll, right? And they're humping and humping and humping, and the sex doll's like, would you like me to call you a mule stud for an additional nine ninety nine? He's like, yeah, 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 approved, approved. And, and he's humping away, and the sex doll's like, oh, you are a mule stud. Oh, you are a mule stud. Do me, daddy, do me, daddy. And this kid's just banging away and this this AI sex doll is just manipulating the crap out of them and then the parents like a couple weeks later get the credit card bill in the mail and there's a bill for like $10,000 because the stupid virgin kid has to be called a mule stud by his AI sex doll bless your heart young man if you are going to use a sex doll and then pay an additional whatever, so the damn thing can cater to your insecurities. <laughs> and bless your heart over at MIT if this is what you're worried about. Like, you got nothing better to do than to worry about an AI sex doll. Honey, they are just there to screw. <laughs> that is it. For those folks that are into a sex doll, that is the only damn purpose of those things. It ain't for the conversation. <laughs> They ain't going to be reading poetry and talking Aristotle. <laughs> it's just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And for an additional $9.99 being called a mule stud every so often and terrifying the parents. They're like, what the hell is that damn doll saying to that kid? <laughs> Whatever he wants for $9.99 a pop. <laughs> Ugh, damn thing is creepy if you ask me, but hey, that's your thing. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Okay, enough about sex dolls. No more white bone micromax. We are, not, in fact, I want a ban on sex dolls on this podcast. We're not talking about them anymore.
Okay, if another really good story, because <laughs> I'm waiting for one of these things to go bonkers on someone, <laughs> and then we'll report on it then. But until then, no more sex dolls. And this, folks, we are down to our last story. And yes, it is a smoking gun story. But like I said earlier in the podcast, ah, it ain't the best. And listen, I am not blaming the smoking gun for this. It is not their fault. They are doing the best. I have to say they are making deliciously sweet lemonade with a big pile of rotten lemons, right? But yeah, these are not the best stories. I'm hoping, like I said earlier, I am really hoping that the folks in Florida come out of their shells. I don't know what they're doing, but they are... Holding out on the rest of us, right? And you folks in Florida need to understand, I got a podcast to do here. And if you folks are behaving yourselves, you are making my life difficult if you're not misbehaving. So all you perverts out there, and I know there is a merry band of roaming perverts in the state of Florida. All you perverts out there need to get back in your cars, drive to the nearest Walmart parking lot and do whatever you need to do with yourself. So I have an entertaining story to tell, but how's this one? Cops, intruders made eggs at Denny's at 3 a.m. Hmm, let's find out what's going on there. I figured they could just go to an IHOP if they were that hungry. I think they're open 24-7. That or a Waffle House, but I guess they had to break into a Denny's to get their eggs. Two intruders entered a closed Denny's restaurant yesterday and made themselves eggs before being chased from the eatery by a worker who had been alerted to the pre-dawn trespassing, an Indiana police report stated. According to cops, the two offenders first entered the Denny's in Evansville at 2.02 a.m. and went into the kitchen and prepared some eggs. The duo departed a few minutes later, but returned at 2.58 a.m. and made some more eggs before departing Denny's at 3.04 a.m. A police report notes that the pair did not force entry into the eatery, which closed at 11 p.m., and that the door seemed to be open both times. After the duo made their second entry, a Denny's worker arrived on scene, confronted them, and told them to leave. The report does not indicate how the worker became aware of the intrusion. So White Boy Malcolm X, I just want to make sure I understand this story because this is kind of weird to me. So let me just, let me run it by you as I read it in the Smoking Gun story. And you folks out there, hopefully I can clarify things for you because I'm sure I'm not the only one going, this story just is weird. It just doesn't make sense. So these two folks, they go to the Denny's in Evansville, Indiana, at 2.02, right? And they try the door, and shazam, the door's open, right? They go in, and then they go to the kitchen, and they prepare themselves some eggs, right? And a few minutes later, I guess, I don't know how quickly these folks can make eggs. I can't whip up a batch of eggs and cook them in the five to six minutes that they took, but they were able to get in there and make those eggs and get out in like five or six minutes. And then they're out there, they're out and about, and they're like, hmm, those eggs from Denny's, they were really delicious, Let's go back and get some more eggs. I'm pretty hungry. Okay, yeah, sure, let's go. So they go back to the Denny's, right? Do I have this right? Okay, so they go back to the Denny's and they enter at 2.58 a.m., right? And so they go in there and six minutes later, right, they're having eggs again. (laughs) Man, these two are like super chefs if they can whip up and eat the eggs in six minutes and they're finishing up their second batch of eggs because the first batch of eggs was not good enough and a Denny's worker, bless their heart, they have to show up at the store and they're like, what the hell's going on in my Denny's? So they go into the Denny's and you've got a couple of guys back there, girls or non-binary, whatever they choose to identify themselves as. You have two humans back there, maybe possibly, right? They're back there and they're enjoying those eggs, right? And the Denny's guy's like, hey, what the heck are you two doing? Skedaddle, get, go, shoo, 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 right? And so those two who went in not once but twice to enjoy delicious eggs from Denny's, they skedaddle out, right? And off they go and the Denny's worker's like, 
I better call 911. Do I have that right so far? Okay. Weird. Is that not weird to you? Who does that the first time? But I mean, to go back and be like, man, those eggs were so good. I'm going to go back and get me some more. <laughs> they did it again. That just makes no sense to me. The suspects who departed the area in an auto were recorded inside the Denny's by surveillance cameras. If identified, the pair could face, of course, misdemeanor, theft, and criminal trespass charges, cops said. The report indicates that Denny suffered a total estimated loss of $1, which appears to represent the cost of the purloined eggs. And folks, yes, I am sorry, but boo, boo. Second week in a row, folks, we have had two smoking gun stories and nobody has been arrested. (laughs) And even if these clowns are arrested for breaking into a Denny's twice, they're only going to get charged with a misdemeanor. Totally good Florida story there, right? But they only stole a buck's worth of eggs. What they make, I don't know, two or three eggs. <laughs> they were scrambling up an egg or two, and then they uh, they left. But that's it, right? No arrests, no nothing. This story sucks. So you folks at the smoking gun, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to blame you about this. But yeah, you got to beef up these stories. <laughs> because if this is the best you can do, I'm going to have to come up with something better. I might have to go to TMZ. Good God, I hope not. That is a sign of the apocalypse if I'm reading TMZ stories on this podcast. But uh, yeah, anyway, on that note, since I cannot top two idiots going back to a Denny's not once but twice to steal about a buck's worth of eggs. (laughs) Of all things, they can't go to the 7-Eleven and take care of business there. But yeah, since I cannot top that, let's go ahead and plug pull this podcast. Thank you all so much for coming by this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. Have a great rest of your weekend, a great start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Whether you're buying a new car or used one, it's a big investment, which is why you should choose Pennzoil Platinum. It helps extend the life of your engine and protect it up to 15 years or 500,000 miles, whichever comes first, guaranteed. That's because Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas and 99.5% free from engine clogging impurities. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Enrollment required? Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply? See Pennzoil.com warranty for full details. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.